Clinton. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard, right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. We have two very special dreamers and doers in the building with us. I'm going to allow them to introduce themselves. They've been waiting patiently here for about the last 41 minutes. I let your voice be heard. Um, please introduce yourselves to our listeners. We'll hey start guys. with you, Jess. Yeah, I'm Jess, Jessica Thompson. I'm the director of the film. And I'm Carlo. I'm the producer of The Light of the Moon. Yes, The Light of the Moon. These are the two dynamic filmmakers who have produced this film, The Light of the Moon. We'll get into what exactly it's about. We teased it early in the show, how it addresses sexual assault from the perspective of a young woman, young working woman in New York City who is sexually assaulted. And then, um, you know, what happens is when you, when, you, when a woman goes through these types of things and these types of tragedies, it takes a toll in other aspects of their life. So you see how this affected her relationship with her her boyfriend. You see how this takes a toll on her um, in other relationships, career-wise, and, and things of that nature. And it's a very important film that we'll talk about again. It's called The Light of the Moon. But I, I want to talk about what you guys are doing. You're raising money for the film. You're young. You have these great accents. We, we just need to get <laughs> yeah. everything. Your voice uh, sounds like springtime. <laughs> <laughs> We're, okay, so, so Jess, let's start with you. Where exactly are you from? Uh, Carl and I are both from Sydney. Um, so we met on day one of film school about how long ago now? 12 years 12 ago. 12 years ago. So, yeah, we met. And then I, I said to mum when I was 12 that I'm moving to New York City. So she knew that that was in the cards. And, uh, yeah, I moved to New York about five years ago now. Um, and then Carlo joined me a couple of years ago. We founded Steadfast Productions. And that's how... How the journey that began. Is, that's like the American dream. You founded your own company. So you, so you come from Australia. You come to New York City. Oh, you, found, you found your own company. <laughs> it's the Australian company. dream too. This is, I mean, that's just phenomenal. And now tell us, is this the first film that has been that's being produced from your own company, Steadfast Productions? So we've actually made quite a few short films, but this is our first narrative feature film. So yeah, we've length. made documentaries as well. We've so. worked on documentaries. The, the one that uh, we worked on last was Greg Luganis documentary Back on Board um, so Jess was an editor on that I was an associate producer and our director Cheryl Fujanic, um just gave us a wonderful opportunity to work yeah. on a feature documentary yeah. about but this a- will be Steadfast first narrative feature film so That's yeah right. That this is this is it. The light of the moon. Definitely. Okay. So let's let's talk about the light of the moon. Um, I gave a pretty good synopsis. I think you did. Very um, good synopsis. I disagree. So, so- you, did just, anyone ask you? I'm just trolling Selena right now, just for the fun of oh, it. Oh God, you don't even have fun with this. So anyway, um, so so let's talk about um sexual assault. This is a very pressing issue. Um, it gets a lot of media coverage here and there. You know, when something big happens, you know, we had the the Bill Cosby scandal, and everyone's talking about rape and sexual assault and and the date rape drug. Um, but you guys are taking a different perspective on it. Talk to us about that perspective because what happens in media, you hear the story, you hear the victim. Sometimes they get an interview in like 2020, but then they go away. And they have to deal with this by themselves. So talk to us about how the light of the moon really portrays what it's like living with the fact that you were sexually assaulted, raped, molested, violated in one of the, probably the most horrible way possible. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. It does get media attention, but it's really something that hasn't been told in a narrative film. You know, we don't we don't hear about it storytelling wise. And the thing is that it does affect more than one in five women in the United States and in the UK and in Australia. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, so it is something that is detrimental and that we need to put on film. So that's the reason why we're making this film. But yes, it does. The Light of the Moon does show uh, survivors recovery in the first six weeks following uh, a sexual assault, and it shows you know. At First, she the shame and trying to um, forgive herself for what happened and trying to come to terms with it. You know, she's in a committed relationship that go that she's been in for two years and trying to come to terms with that with her boyfriend, mm. also with her um, colleagues, with her friends, with her family, trying to accept what's happened and how it stays with you. And it is based on a friend of mine that um, was assaulted at the end of 2013 in the Upper East Side. And, you know, after seeing how that affected her in the long term, and it it doesn't just go away after they have their 2020 interview and after that it stays, uh, the effects stay with them for a very long time. So this really explores the physical, the emotional, the mental process of trying to recover from rape. Wow. So are you saying that after your friend had this horrible experience with sexual assault, that's what gave you the inspiration to just make a film like this? It's very loosely based on the situation. So what happened with her, you know, it it gave me the answer. It made me start to think about it because I started to hear, um, you know, how she was treated in the hospital, how she was treated by police officers, by then how that came up in every single relationship she had after that. You had to speak about, you know... I, this, I had this happen to me and fear of men, also anger against men. You know, she, even though she's someone who's very smart and very intelligent, she knows it's not all men, but she, she couldn't help but after that feel scared towards a lot of men and men that approached her even in a nice way. She was constantly carrying around fear with her. So, you know, it, it's just something that I never really sat down and thought about. And now, and so that was the inspiration for Bonnie, who's the main character in The Light of the Moon. Um, but I have taken, you know, it's definitely an artistic approach because it's not, uh, you know, 100% based on her story, but she was the inspiration for it. Mm. Definitely. You were inspired, sorry, Celine. I was just going to say... Um, Last year, uh, in July 2014, when we read about Emma Sokovic's uh, story in the New York magazine and what was happening at Columbia University, I think that also gave us a bit of an impetus to say, actually, this needs to be discussed. And she's doing an amazing um, project with Carry That Weight. Um, but we thought, you know, we need to use film as a way to open up the dialogue, use art as a way to open up the dialogue about this topic. For that, those, yes. Oh, go ahead, uh, for those of you who don't know what they're talking about, there was a um, student at NMU, uh, Columbia, I think at Columbia NYU who was, who was raped and the school didn't punish the victim so she walked around with a mattress all over campus like as like as a representation of that weight that she was carrying and you know it began to pick up steam and some other students began to support her as well but I'm not going to lie, I, I've, I've lost like, um, like just, I, have, I don't know much of what's happened since then. Um, Melissa, did you have something to say? Yeah, I was curious about how the shaming aspect of this comes into play. I know a lot of times we'll see online when uh, there's a report of a sexual assault, the first question that people will pose is something like, what was she wearing? Um, And then it turns into a shaming, and that affects people. So I'm curious if you could talk to us about that aspect and how that aspect plays into your film, if at all. Absolutely. It plays very heavily into the film because also... 
there's because of this pressure that I, you know, it's crazy that the society and other women as well put on women for how much were you drinking? How what did you what what did you wear? Um, my character is walk, wearing headphones when she's walking home, and it happens to her. So then she starts to blame herself for wearing headphones and not feeling safe in her environment and not putting the keys between her fingers and being ready to attack someone. But the thing is, and what I, I've done a lot of research for this film and I've spoken to many survivors of sexual assault and they tell me we need to stop telling women to be careful, we need to start educating men and women about consent and mm. that's where we keep you know, shaming these people right. and that's got nothing to do with the problem, the problem is much deeper than that and um, we need to go back to and educate our men and women about consent and what that means and um, and also about the effects of it because I think like we were saying, people forget about it but uh, it's a very personal story and Bonnie, the main character, does get to a point where, you know, she feels self-shame, you know. She can't help but blame herself as well. So the first six weeks is her trying to deal with that, you know, trying not to blame herself, which is right. sometimes you, yourself is your hardest person, hardest, hardest critic sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it's not only are you, you blaming yourself and then sometimes the people around you blame. And then society, as, you know, Alicia touched upon, it's always blaming the victim with these questions. Why didn't you fight back? I remember that Don Lemon interview that he had with one of the, um, rape, um, the Bill Cosby accusers, and he said that if he was forcing oral sex on you, why didn't you use your teeth? And it's just like, I mean, literally, he said he was really that mm -hmm, candid about mm -hmm. it. And it's like you're talking to someone who survived rape. And then I've, I've also heard something very disturbing on the radio, even this morning, talking about how um, little girls are, 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 are raped. But then again, they're thinking like, oh, well, why is that little girl sleeping with a grown man? And that was literally like the focus and the angle of the conversation. Or... And I'm in like the car like, why did you just phrase that, that question, question like that? That's mm. that's horrible. This is someone who is, this is the victim. Mm -hmm. um, Alyssa. Yeah, no, I mean, I think she brought it up, but I, I just my thoughts on that is that you have to change the dialogue. And right, I think right. that's part of what this movie, yes. from I haven't seen it yet, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I think that's part we of what this is yet. about, um, is, uh, you know, changing the dialogue about how we talk about things, no? Yeah, yes, absolutely. Definitely. We want to open up that dialogue and think about it from a different angle. Yes. This may come off bad at first, but this rolls me. So I remember an episode of 90210 when um, Kelly was raped, and then she was talking to her boyfriend, and she said, do you remember that time when you got robbed in your apartment, and it, it traumatized you so much that you just had to move out? And he was like, yeah, and she goes, well, what if you couldn't leave? Mm. See, I told you. Just stay with me. <laughs> Good pop reference. Yeah. Yes. And, and I think the, the word here is dialogue, and that's what you know Jess is trying to do with the script. It's the dialogue between Bonnie and her boyfriend, Matt, but it's also the dialogue that um, her Bonnie's gay best friend, Teddy, needs to have with, with Bonnie as well. So it's all of these different types of conversations that need to be had, not just between partners, boyfriends um, and girlfriends, but also colleagues, families, mm -hmm. communities about this very important topic. Definitely. And this is so important, but another important aspect of this film and this project is the money, right? Mm -hmm. You're, you've been raising money. Yep. Um, give us an update on how much you've been able to raise and how exactly are you guys doing this? Yeah, so we're doing it through a great crowdfunding platform called Seed and Spark. Um, they're just for independent films, and it's a really good community to be a part of. And basically, our goal is to get to—we need to get to forty thousand dollars. And at the moment, we're on thirty, so we have three more days to go. Um, so we've got you know ten thousand dollars to raise in three days. Um, but you know, we're really—we're very positive that we can do it. Also, because we've had an anonymous backer come on board and say that tomorrow he's going to double all donations for twenty-four hours. Wow! Look at that. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Woo-hoo. So, yeah, so tomorrow any donations to the film will be doubled. So if you give 50 bucks, that means it becomes 100 bucks. Mm. So um, so that's fantastic. So, yeah, we're, we're confident that we can raise 10000 in three days. Wow. And from that as well, we've got some private investors that have come on board and we're going to be shooting the film in August and September this year. And that's what we're doing. So, yeah, we're doing it at seedandspark.com. Well, so, so tell me exactly how are you getting the word out? Because that's a lot of money. You say it like it's a piece of cake. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, that's the thing. We, we've re. We raised thirty thousand dollars in three weeks. Wow! Which you know is phenomenal, and that's that's a, a testament to the generosity, Are but also the support. Molly? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, because <laughs> if, you, if you're selling something else that is <laughs> oh, not right. legal, no. Well, we're also there's. I mean, the thing is that you get incentives. You get to be part of this film. You get credits if you give two hundred and fifty dollars. You get to have a character named after you. In it the was film. named the most uncommon. Um, incentive on, on Seed and Spark. Yeah. So, you know, we're proud you of know. that. So, so that, also you get to be part of making the film. So you get to be part, um, you get to come on set for an hour if you give, I can't remember how much. $500. $500. You get to meet the actors. You get to, so, you know, we're telling, you know, you're, you're part of the dream. You're going to be making a film with us. You're going to get your credit in the in the, in the the film as well, which a lot of people want to see their name up on the big screen. So. I know I do. Where, I might where, have to leave a donation today. I know, you, I know you're actually shooting hours. the film in New York. Uh, what what like locations? Can you tell us any of the, these details about the film itself? So we are in Williamsburg in Brooklyn, and what we want to do is actually film in Brooklyn as well. Um, we're looking at Bushwick. East Williamsburg, that that sort of area. Um, but we do have some scenes in Manhattan as well. So we're trying to um, incorporate as, as many of the different areas in, in New York City in our film. Because it is a New York City film. I guess the follow-up is, what's the, le- I, 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 what's the legal process? I'm a lawyer, but I don't do entertainment law or anything like that. What's the legal process been like for you guys to get the correct permits and for you actually to go forward? And I know that's something that's been an expense. So that's part of what the money is going towards? Definitely. And if you know of any great media lawyers, please send them my way because we're actually in that process now of finding well we're going to go into casting soon but then that also involves getting permits for locations and exactly what you say Um, it it is going to take a bit of time to figure out where to shoot um, when to shoot as well but what's Uh, phenomenal about independent film is that people come on board and they donate a lot of their time and their space you know people want to give us um, you know their their apartments to use their coffee shops to use their so this is how you do it so a lot of the time you it's the hardest part is the exteriors like shooting on the streets right because if somebody donates their coffee shop to you you don't need a permit to shoot there correct because they're giving you the permission but on the street you always need a permit from what I understand yeah it's depending on the scale of the film and the and in the budget and um, but then there's also people you know it's a public space so you are allowed to film right so you could also do it on the fly if it comes down to it but this is the you know we're trying to go about the right legal proceedings but all that stuff's the the hard the hard things to sort out and that's what um, we're raising money to get lawyers to help us do that to put in contracts in place but you'd be surprised about how when people hear the type of film that you're making that you're making an indie film that people kind of want to help out and want to do do something for you which I think is great so how and where can people see the film Okay, so basically, to you can have a look at our pitch video. It's on Seed and Spark, S E E D A N D S P A R K dot com. 
forward slash studio forward slash L-O-T-M. I'm just spelling that out because I know I have an accent and maybe it doesn't <laughs> sound the way you guys hear it. But um, yeah, so seedandspark.com forward slash studio forward slash L-O-T-M. You can take a look at our pitch videos and all of our other videos that we've done since then. And, you know, we'll be making the film in August and then hopefully we'll be showing it at, you know, a festival near you. Also, oh, are you guys looking for different festivals to, to premiere it in? Absolutely. That's right. So the, the plan is to have something by early next year, so January 2016. Um, and what we'd love to do is be able to take this film around to college campuses around the US, but also in the UK and also where we're from in Australia. We think that it's a universal topic. It needs to be discussed and we want to use this film as an avenue, as a catalyst um, to to spark that conversation. Right. So again, this segment is called the Dreamers and Doers segment. You guys have are living your dreams, fulfilling it. In a matter of short months, you'll have that prophecy fulfilled. Uh, what else can we expect from you guys? Let's say five to ten years. Are you guys thinking bigger, Tribeca? Like, what are you guys thinking? Oh, honey, please. I've been been dreaming about this since I was 12. So I told my mother when I was 12 years old that I was going to be an actor, writer, director, and, you know, and I just did it. So uh, we met at film school and we made a lot of films. And, yeah, my aim in five to ten years, you know, there's there's less than 10% of women are writers and directors in the film industry. And my aim is to change that around personally and by also encouraging other women to be involved. And um, we're also an equal opportunity production, which basically means that we're only hiring people from minority groups to be in our creative roles. So LGBT, women and people of colour are going to be making up the creative. And I totally believe in that and I want to tell more stories. And that's it. The rest of my life, telling stories, making movies. Oh, my God. That was so... Breathtaking. That was a, a breath of fresh air for me. Um, I just want to wrap it up really quickly. Thank you so much, Jess and Carlo, for coming on the show, With Dreamers pleasure. and Doers. Again, time and time again, almost every month when we have this series, I always feel inspired. And again, it, it starts with a dream, and then you have a plan, and then you execute it. And, and think about it. When you are living your prophecy, living your dreams in this way, I believe in the law of attraction. People will help mm. you. People will, will either give a donation, give you the support. It does come into play it can live out you just have to do it Mm. so i wanted to just end on that note and tell everyone we'll be back here next sunday right here and let your voice be heard check out our website in the meantime lyvbh.com